0: We're excited that you're here today and happy Easter everyone. It's great to be with you. Thank you. We, we realize that you could have been anywhere today and the fact that you came to church, I really like that about you. And that you came here to worship Jesus with us. We want to say on behalf of our family and our church, we want to say thank you and uh, we're excited about today. Uh, I want to introduce myself, my my name is Brian, my wife and I, Kristen, who was up here with me earlier. We founded the church just back in January, oh, back in the day, like 14 weeks ago. And and here we are, we're having the time of our life and we just cannot believe the miracle of what God has done through a group of people. This is not about us, this isn't even about a church, it's about Jesus and glorifying him and loving on the people in our city so yeah seven of us are excited about that it's awesome Um, but we're excited uh, that you're here today I want to show you a picture of my family if we have one on the screen behind me there they are look at my little family yeah so uh, thank you those are those sympathy claps who feel like they need to pray for me Uh, we have a lot of kids not because we love kids because uh, I love my wife hello somebody yeah. This is not a marriage conference, but come on, be fruitful and multiply, we've done our part, but my daughter is uh, 11, going on 20, and um, so <laughs> we need your prayers there, she's 11, her name's London, uh, my middle son, or my oldest son, middle child, we call him the magic in the middle, his name is Rex, and then a uh, wild man band right there, you know, you saw him, he has no idea what Easter's about, I, you know, shame on me, I'm a pastor, what's going on here? Um... But he, he knows how to party. He knows how to have a good time. And so he just turned seven years old. But that's enough about us. We, we're here to uh, welcome you and to talk about you. And we want to say thank you for being a part of our brand new church today. This is our first Easter, so it's special to us. And we've worked really hard, our worship teams and just all teams, in prayer and giving above and beyond their time schedules and everything else they're doing in their life. And so Palm City Worship, come on, was that pretty good, everybody? Can we show them some honor if that's okay? Yeah, great job. I've tried to join that team multiple times. And I keep getting rejected. I'm, I'm not going to read into that, but we all have our lanes to run in, and that's definitely not mine. But we are excited that you're here. We put a few things in your seat just to try to make the experience um, good for you. And so we put some message notes. I'm not saying I will say anything worth writing down, but just in case there's something God speaks to you through my words We wanted you to have a chance to mark that down. We believe God is a speaking God, and we don't have to beg Him. Sometimes we just have to quiet the noise of the world in order to hear Him. And so we're going to do that over the next few minutes together. But we also gave you uh, what we call a response card. Now, um, we we don't do this every week. We usually have a card for anybody here for the first time. And we would ask you to fill that out if this is your first time. But this is a a once-a-year type of card because you all decide to come on the same day. So, yeah, and um, we want to share God's Word, and maybe you can learn something from that. But our heart is really to learn from you, too and to understand um, what's on your heart, what's on your mind, uh, what, what bothers you, what frustrates you. And we believe it's a, it's a tool to help us serve and pastor you well. And so this card on the front, uh, you can see at the top is just some information. Share as much of your information as you don't mind us having. And I'll make you a promise. I know some of us just met, but we're not going to do anything with it that I wouldn't want done with my information. So it's a safe card to fill out. It's a private card to fill out. And a protected card. Uh, But we would love to know that you're here for the first time. There's a place to mark that. And then at the bottom, come on, tell us what God is doing in your life. You can put a praise report there. Uh, If you have a prayer request, we believe God is a prayer-answering God. So let us know. Let us know. We want to celebrate with you. And we have a team of people. uh, We call it the Grow Team. They serve on cameras and they serve in kids. They serve everywhere. And some of them serve in prayer. So they Take these, and they pray for you by name and your need every day of the week. And so we are a praying church. On the back is what's unique about this card, and we put some information there, uh, three questions. We just want to know how you would answer those, so I would ask you to fill those out, and then we'll circle around at the very end of our time together today, and, um, and, and I'll tell you what to do with them at the end, okay? Does that sound fair? Perfect. Say yeah. yeah. Somebody say yeah. Amen. Say get on with it, something. Okay, great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, my my thought today for us on Easter Sunday is pretty simple, but I believe it can have a profound impact in our life. That's my hope. How many know Jesus always put the cookies on the bottom shelf? I I like that because I like cookies. And sometimes I couldn't grab one if they're on a shelf beyond my capacity to figure out what we're talking about in church. And so we want to teach the gospel in very practical, simple ways. Uh, But the thought today is that Easter weekend is really made up of two components. You have the Friday experience, which is the cross, where Jesus came from heaven, lived as we live, so that he could understand what it was like. Come on, your God's not distant. He's an up-close and personal God. He came here not to judge you or condemn you, but to understand what it's like to be in skin and to feel the pain of betrayal and all the things that each of us, have all felt or will feel at some point. Jesus felt. And so he ultimately, his, his grand purpose was to pay for our sins on the cross. And then he ascended back to heaven. The second component is today. It's the Easter Sunday where Jesus, come on. He didn't stay in that grave. He got up out of that grave so we could get out of ours. Hello, somebody. That, that's, worth, that's worth the admission right there. Um, Jesus left the grave So that we could leave ours too. Because we got some dead places in our life as well. And so in other words, you have the Good Friday experience that makes up the Easter weekend. And then you also have Resurrection Sunday. It feels like, and not fully, but it feels like most of us from time to time have some handles. We have some knowledge of that Friday experience. Whether we believe it or not or whether we've received it or not, we do understand the cross. Okay, Jesus uh, came to earth. He paid for my sins. Okay, that's cool. I've heard that a million times. But why did he do it? Well, the Bible says everyone has sinned. In Romans 3, the Bible tells us very clearly, for all, and the Greek word for that is all, (laughs) like you, me, everybody, has sinned. And what does that, what does sin do? It makes us fall short of God's standard. It makes us fall short of the glory of God. Now that's all of us. That's not a group of people like, we're the church people. We haven't fallen, but you have, you should turn or burn. That's not God, man. We all have made a mistake. We've all gone our own way. We were born sinful. And so we need a new nature. We need God to change some things on the inside that we can't without his power. That's the kind of the cross experience because we were distant from God because of our sin. And the problem with sin is it is a separator. Now, God never wants to be away from you, but sin by nature is a separator. So you had a holy God, a God who's perfect in every way and loves you with all his heart, mind, soul, and strength so much he gave his only son. That's God. He's holy. He's holy. But he had the very creation he loved with all of his heart, unholy. So there was a tension. And so Jesus, the Son of God, said, I'll take care of it, Dad left heaven, came to earth to experience everything I've already mentioned so he could close that gap, sins no longer separating us. We can go to God, not just when you have pastor in front of your name, but you can go to God in your own strength, in your own weakness and say, God, I need your help and he loves you and he is fully satisfied through what his son has done for you and I. We should take five seconds right there and put our hands together and give Jesus all the praise. Yeah. But the question becomes why did Jesus have to die? And sin's not only a separator, but sin has a price. It's a costly price too. It's death. Romans 6 says, For the wages of sin is death. Some of you work, hopefully, most of us, and and you earn a wage. For your job, for the amount of time you put in. In the same way, sin has a price, has a wage. And the wage, the payment of sin is death. But God loved you enough. He didn't want you to pay it. So Jesus left the portals of heaven. He stepped in to the courtroom of our life and said, I don't want you to die. I love you. I'll take the penalty. I'll take the debt you can't afford. And I'll pay the price. That's what the Bible tells us in Romans 6. But it wasn't only a display of love, and it was. And it wasn't only a display of power, and it was. Jesus was conducting eternal business on behalf of you and me. It it, it was more than that. He dealt with our debt. It was a debt we couldn't afford. Jesus came through. Jesus made a way. He flipped the bill for you and I. And here's how I like to say it. Hell is not a place God sends people he's mad at. Hell is a place where you can pay for your own sin if you choose to. But you don't have to because Jesus has paid the price. And if I could be so bold on an Easter Sunday, it would be ridiculous, ma'am and sir, for you to pay for a debt that's already been paid and to not be close to a God who loves you and knows you by name. It would be ridiculous, okay? So I don't know how you came into an environment like this with preconceived notions about church and how you're too far gone and too far messed up, but you're not. God loves you and God can save you a moment, because of what Jesus did on the cross, but the Bible goes on to say, salvation is a free gift. So you can't earn it. You can't attend church enough. Now please do. Please, I, I, you can't read the Bible enough. You can't earn God's love. You can't earn something that's free at Christmas if I give you a gift. You you can't do. No, you just got to receive it, and that's what the Bible says in the same verse I already read. But it goes on to say, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. I wasn't really good at grammar, but I'm sure glad God put a comma right there. I wasn't really good in English. It was like a run-on sentence, you know, from top to bottom. But I'm glad where religion wants to put a period, God in relationship stepped in and put a comma. He said, but... The free gift of Christ is our salvation. And here's the only thing that Jesus asks from you and I. All of you. He says, in the same way I've given you all of me, both fully and completely. It's free. All I ask in return is you give me all of you fully and completely. And if I could also be so bold, it's a good deal. It's a good, it's a good exchange. You can't outgive God. You can never lose exchanging your life. For his, he has more for you. Here's what the Bible says in Ephesians 2 8, one of my favorite verses. It says, It is by, come on, say it out loud. It is by, that's unmerited favor. That means that's what God has done. That's the Friday experience. It's through the Friday experience you have been saved. Nothing you've done, lest any man should, this is from God. And it says, But it's through what? Say it out loud. That's your part. Your part is acknowledging what God has already done. God's made a way. That's done. That's settled. He said, it is finished. He didn't say, I'm finished. He said, it is finished. The, The question becomes, are you going to receive that finished work of God through his son, Jesus? That's the question for us today. And then it goes on to say again, it's not from yourselves. It is a gift from God. Now, you don't need a church to do that. Church is great. Church is biblical. Scripture commands being a part of the ecclesia, the gathering. It, 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 it's not going away. Online's great, but it is no substitute for being in the room. I'm telling you, I'm telling you. So do whatever you can to get in the room, but you don't have to join this church to receive that free gift from Jesus. Your one heartfelt prayer away. your one moment of saying, you know what? Maybe I've done that before, but I haven't really lived it. Today is my day. Not only Jesus resurrected, but I'm going to allow myself to resurrect and receive the gift of God. Some of us uh, feel like we have to track our spiritual performance. Where's my macro counters out there? You're like, how many fats, how many carbs, how many proteins, right? And we do that with God. Like, I'm approved if I've read the Bible, if I've prayed. That's how we do. Or, oh, I sinned last night. Oh, I'm separated. I'm out. Strike three. God's done with me. There's probably lightning bolts coming at my way. You know, that... That's what we do, but that's not your God. He wants relationship with you today. And here's what I want to tell you. If you haven't made that decision or if you haven't made it in quite a while and you feel the spirit of God saying, hey, by my spirit, you will rise. Then you need to say yes to Jesus today. And I'm going to give you a chance at the end of our time to do that together. It's the best decision you can make. But here's the reality of Easter weekend. The question becomes for us to grapple with today in a few moments left together. If Friday was so great, if Friday was so full and complete, if it did everything that it needed to do in order for us to be close to God, question two becomes why did Jesus rise from the dead? Right? Like I'm an engineer. Very low GPA, but an engineer graduate. And, and I, these are the kind of questions, well, if that happened, well, then why did that need to happen? So the, theologically, you know, what does that mean? And I believe that Jesus wanted to prove he was really who he claimed to be. I believe that is a very prominent factor of that whole deal. It's one thing to make claims that you're the son of God. It's another thing to get up out of a grave and prove it. Come on, somebody. Proof's in the pudding. And check it out. The cool thing about that is no God has ever done that. No God, check, check this out, no God has ever made the claim. There's no other God that says that I've resurrected, and our God has. And so skeptics would step in right here and probably say, oh, that's cute, the fairy tale. I'm, I, oh, wow, well, yeah, I knew it. I'm, it's a fable of sorts. There, there's no way that could logically happen. There's no way that could intellectually happen there's no way that could scientifically happen that's what skeptics would say but I would say back to them in love that's not true it wasn't only Christians that saw him rise from the dead and be so Jesus after he rose from the dead he spent a little time being seen by people before he went back to heaven and check this out extra biblical history now, the Bible's enough. I don't really need more than the Bible, but if you want to go, extra biblical recorded history records over 400 eyewitnesses of Christ post his death. But the Bible never is gonna let us down, and that's what we look at. And in Acts 1 3, it says, after, after Friday, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. Now, I love that. Jesus rose to prove he was alive who he said he was that's a great verse it's a powerful scripture i really love that many of you probably have had that friday experience and so you celebrate in this moment what jesus has done for you and for many of you you haven't taken that next step and i want to just time out and say keep listening but that's your first step that salvation is not the end game salvation is the starting point And you don't have to come prepared. You don't have to get a few things right before you make that decision. It is a free gift. God loves you and accepts you just as you are, but he loves you too much to leave you how he finds you. That's the God we serve. But the question still begs to be answered. If Friday was so complete, why did Jesus have to rise from the dead? And I believe it's not only to prove he was who he said he was, and it is But I believe it was to conquer death for himself. Jesus conquered death for himself. But here's the best news for you and I today and for us. It's like a bogo at Publix. It's like that commercial that says if you call right now, okay, it's good news that Jesus wanted to conquer death not only for himself, but he wanted to conquer death for everyone, and so Jesus came to the cross, died, rose from the dead, not only to prove who He was, who He said He was, but he wanted to prove that death is also comfort. That's why the Bible says, "Oh death! <laughs> where's your sting? Oh death! Where's your victory? It's been taken care of because of Jesus. And when we close our eyes here, we open them in eternity. We don't taste death," the Bible says. But there's more to Easter than the historical reality. And there's even more to Easter than just the cross itself. The fact is Jesus lived for you. Jesus died for you and Jesus rose for you. So Easter exists so that we in the same way can come alive with the power that Christ has used to raise himself from the dead. So you and I could rise. In other words, we're not here just to celebrate Jesus rising from the dead. We're here to have our own resurrection too. That the dead parts of your life, though you love God and you're going to heaven, the dead parts of your life and your marriage and your finances. Come on, students, in your grades, you're like, Lord, resurrect this D minus. <laughs> Lord Jesus, you can do it. Take it to a B. Turn it on its head. <laughs> Revelation. I pray that prayer a lot. Um, my mom's here to testify. Revelation 1, check this out. It says this. This is a, the last book in your Bible. There's 66 books. There's 27 in the New Testament, 36 in the Old. And of those books, Revelation is the last book. It was a revelation of Jesus where he came to one of his original 12 disciples, and he gave him a vision. The disciple, his name was John. John, John wasn't prideful, but he, 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 we could learn a lot from John. John always called himself the disciple Jesus loved. He was like, I don't know about you guys, but I'm, I'm on his refrigerator, you know, hey. Jesus loves me. And so he had a great relationship. But Jesus appeared to him. And here's what he said in verse 18. I am he who lives and was dead. Come on, somebody needs to shout right there. All other gods are dead. Our God was dead. That's what the Bible tells us. And behold, I am alive forevermore. And then I love Jesus because he says amen. He just amens himself, which I'm about to start doing unless I get a little response up in this church today. I'll just amen myself. Come on, it's good news. It's the gospel that Jesus was dead and now he is alive forevermore. And check out this last verse, it's very important. Jesus says, and I have the keys of Hades and death. So Jesus conquered death, hell, and the grave. Let me say it this way, the devil's so defeated, he ain't got the keys to his own house. Come on, Jesus has the keys, everybody. Jesus has the keys. You can get up out of that grave of disappointment. You can get up out of the pain of your past. You can get up out of the confusion of your moment, and you can step into the future destiny and purpose Jesus Christ has for you because he's got the keys. Come on, shout I got the keys. Yeah. The cool thing about keys is, is they, they do some things. Um, they unlock things, right? Keys, keys unlock things. Keys, keys hold the secret to some things, So Jesus resurrected so he could possess the power to unlock death, not just for himself, but for everyone. And here, here's my thesis for today. Many of us have encountered the cross. Many of us have probably at some moment s- said yes to God, received what Jesus has done. And again, no condemnation if you haven't. Today is your day. Today is an opportunity for you. But my concern is... How many of us have experienced Sunday? I believe many of us are still miserable in our sin. Many of us are going to heaven, but but we still have destructive behavior. Many of us are are in love with Jesus, and we even love his church, but we're stuck in a death-grave mindset That, that we've been saved, but we haven't really been freed. We're still trapped in the way that We were born. We're still trapped in the sins that we've committed. We're still trapped by what life has even labeled us. And I would be here to say that you are not what you've done. You are are not your most recent sin or the one that you just can't seem to get over. Like, Pastor, I, I I can get rid of 90%. I can't stop doing this. And I would say, alone, you're right. You can't. But with Jesus and the resurrection power and a community of people who love you in spite of you, like I have in my life, that we can do all things. So Easter is not just something we celebrate. Easter is something we experience. Like, I'm here to have an experience of resurrection, not just to celebrate resurrection. And you see this throughout the New Testament. So of those 27 books that are the New Testament, which, by the way, because of Jesus, we are New Testament believers the, Jesus came to not abolish the law. He, the Old Testament's great, but he, did, he came to fulfill it. He said, I'm what they were talking about. I'm the solution to the problem. I'm here to fulfill the law and the prophets. But we live under the covenant of grace with Jesus Christ. And as New Testament believers, the Bible is clear on the fact that it's not just salvation and it's not just church attendance. It's this. Paul said in Philippians 3 I want to know Christ. That's Friday. And the power of his resurrection. That's Sunday. See, you can experience both. But my question before we move further is, do you know Christ? You, You can't experience resurrection power until you have relationship with the one who has the power. Do you know Christ? Have you had that Friday experience? And again, if you haven't, We've all had that moment where we've needed to have it <laughs> and ask my mom, have it again. Um, it, it hadn't always been this way, but I believe that's an encouragement to you as well. And maybe the direction of your life is not going in the way you thought it should and you even know the things you're doing aren't God-honoring, but you've just given up on yourself and you've said things like, I've messed up too much. And that sounds good, Pastor Brian. I even believe it, but I'm, just, I'm too far gone to be able to receive that. And that's not true as well. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, anyone, anyone who belongs to Christ is a, say it out loud, new person. The past is forgotten and everything is new. Some of you are in the room and you miss God. You, you, you haven't even known how to articulate it, but you are missing God right now. There's a void in your life. There's an emptiness. And you haven't been able to put words on what it is, but it's you missing God because you were made for God. And God has a purpose for you. And until those two things connect, earth is just going to be this cyclical, uh, confusing, what's happening, why won't things work out? It'll, it'll, it'll be all that. And just because you receive Christ doesn't mean things all work out because earth is fallen. But you can have plan and God can redeem pain and God can still use you in the midst of what's happening to you. That's the difference. But we have to answer this question. Do you know the resurrection power of Christ? First, do you know Christ? If you don't, let's start there. Okay, that's the starting point. You got to come out of the gate. You can't finish the race until you start it. Salvation is the starting point. The second question is, do you know the power of the resurrection? In other words, have you had that after experience? So after you were saved, have you allowed the resurrection power of Jesus to come in and confront your past, your pain, your, your future, all the things that are feeling like they're keeping you from God, the places where you are dead and dying? That's why we sing a song. By your spirit, I will rise from the ashes of defeat. The resurrected king is resurrecting me. Amen? Amen. And that's what we understand, but many of us still feel destroyed. I get it. I'm really singing that song in sincerity, but you you just don't know my story. It's too far gone. I'm destroyed. I've tried and I failed. I tried Christianity and I failed. I tried restoring my marriage and I failed. I tried stop doing those things that I know aren't the best for me and my family, but I have failed. But God wants to give you another chance because with Jesus, dead things can come back to life. Ephesians 1 tells us, "I pray, this is my prayer for us today, that you will begin to understand how incredibly great his power is to help those who believe in him." Those who've had the Friday moment. It is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in heaven. So many times we stop at belief and never go on to victory. How many of us stopped at the point where we believe in Jesus but we never got the victory? This is the purpose of Easter Sunday. This is the purpose of the full Easter experience. Don't get half of it. Don't just encounter the cross and do. It's the starting point, but also experience Sunday. Step into the resurrection power of Jesus that he paid for, that he died for your sins, but he also rose for you, left the grave, as I said earlier, so that you could leave yours and I could leave mine. So as we end our time today, I'm really to give you an invitation to experience Easter an invitation to go on the journey the journey of faith because nobody in this room including me has arrived it is a process and it is a journey that starts after you receive Christ and I don't know what you think about pastors and we're all a little bit different but this isn't even my favorite part of the whole plan like, I love, I love this because we're all here to give Jesus praise. But my favorite part of the plan is to see when people get it, their lights turn on, and to see them go through the process of God redeeming, restoring, and putting them into the thing that he always had for them if they would have ever connected with him. That's my favorite part because that's my story. I, I spent most of my young years blowing it royally, like missing the mark. Every day of the week. Mom, don't say amen too loud. It was was in those moments like I was always until I experienced the Sunday moment. I love Jesus. I love God. But I was living in bondage. I was living in fear. I was living in my yesterdays. I was trapped and not free until I experienced the resurrection power of Jesus. And I believe Jesus is all about this too. The Bible says one day he was in the temple. He grabbed the scrolls of the Old Testament and read it. And then he probably did like a mic drop. And he was like, that? is me. I'm fulfilling that scripture today. And let me read it to you because this is how I want to end our time together today. Isaiah 61 says, "The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to what? Proclaim the good news to the poor. That's the first step of the journey. That's the Friday Experience. It's not talking about poor from a financial standpoint. It's not talking about poor monetarily. It's talking about bankrupt in your soul. You are empty. You are stuck in your depravity. And Jesus came in with the gospel, the good news, and he paid for our sins, gave us the ability to have forgiveness of sins. That's the Friday experience. But then he doesn't stop there. The verse doesn't end. It goes on to say, He has sent me to what? Bind up the brokenhearted. So, in other words, after you experience that Friday moment, You can start the process of healing to proclaim freedom to the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. This is just a sense of God working in your life when you begin to see some things happening that are beyond your control. This is God's favor in your life and the day of vengeance of our God. This is where God will come in and he will fight the battles for you. He will confront the principalities and rulers and demonic forces that are trying to hold you back and come at you now that you made this decision and create opposition and resistance in your life. God's like, that's my battle. You just keep walking that walk of faith. I'm going to fight this for you. But it doesn't stop there. It says to comfort all those who mourn and provide to those who grieve in Zion. To bestow on them a crown of beauty for ashes. Come on, God wants to crown you with a, beauty, with a crown of beauty for ashes. So God not only saves you and heals you, but he restores the things that you probably messed up back to the original purpose as if they were never broken in the first place. And then it says the oil of joy will be on you instead of mourning. And a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. And check it out. This is my favorite part. This is what I was talking about earlier. They. Who's they? The people that were broken. The people that were far from God. The people that were messed up like you and I. It says they will be called oaks of righteousness. We went from purposeless in the earth to a pillar in the kingdom. In just that one moment. A planting of the Lord for the display of His splendor. They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew... the ruined cities. So check it out. you got this process of God saving us and then God helping us settle our yesterdays and then God putting purpose in our lives and now we're doing the same for other people. We're in partnership with God because we're not just servants. We're friends. We're not just minions running down here. God has called us co-heirs with Christ that that's the purpose of the church until Jesus comes back. He's not. We are his plan A and there is no other. And that's the challenge of us living in this trapped cultural Christianity to where we really never get on fire. We, we, we just, we just kind of sit idle. We're going to heaven. We love Jesus, but we're not helping anybody else do the same. And that's still a win for the enemy. So Easter is not an event we're attending. Easter is the process where God takes you backwards from death to life. He reverses the curse. This is the imitation of Easter. And you may think, wow, that sounds awesome. How do I get me some of that, you know? I'm so glad you asked. Let me tell you the first. If you are dying today, not physically, but in your soul, in your heart, in your mind, anxiety is robbing you of what God wants to do. Fear is crippling you of God's best for your life. Complacency is just allowing you to meddle in mediocrity. And you need something, you got to first stop dying. It's not that profound. Just, just stop dying. Don't go from life to death. Allow Jesus through resurrection power to bring you from death back to life. It's my favorite Easter quote. It's C.S. Lewis, the guy who was once an atheist and then wrote lots of material and content because he was like scientifically, logically, intellectually, scripturally, it's true. I was wrong. He said this, Easter is death working backwards. But it's what Jesus always said in John 11. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me, that Friday experience, will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. And then the question of our lives is presented. He says, do you believe this? Can't make you, but sure hope you will. We've got to stop dying and come and give God our life fully and completely just as he's given us us His. The second thing we've got to do is start rebuilding. Now you need to know this is not instantaneously. Stop dying, one moment changes it all. One prayer, you're saved. It is by grace through faith. There's no works, you don't have to do extra steps. It is one moment that can happen here in about seven minutes together. You can experience that today. But God doesn't want to leave you there. He wants to use you and develop you. And so the second point would be start rebuilding. Here at our church, we have a community called City Groups. City Groups are a way for us to connect between the Sundays and to hang out, to find our tribe, to find our crew. Come on, you need somebody who knows you by name. Life change doesn't happen in rows, it happens in circles. We gotta get together and and take off the mask when the time's right and say, hey, can I tell you what's really going on? Can you pray for me? Can you you help me get through this? I obviously can't do it by myself. I need some help. C.S. Lewis also said that's when friends are made. When one person looks to another and says, you too? I thought I was the only one. We've got to get around some community. They're starting back. A new season of city groups are starting in just a few weeks. But I want to invite you to go through the rebuilding process. If you don't have a local church, welcome home. Find one. Commit to it attend it regularly I know life's busy our life's busy but be here more than you're not and then go through the process do everything we do not for the sake of trying to build groups and those types of things to build you we use those things to build you you got to start rebuilding I'd give you a one-year challenge and say go all in for 12 months your life won't be perfect but I guarantee you it'll be better if it's not I'll leave and go find another church with you because we missed it (laughs) but it'll be better. Number three, we got to stop doubting. We got to remember grace meets us where we are, but loves us too much to leave us there. We got to stop doubting that we can't be something great for God. Ma'am, you can. Sir, you can, and you should. God has a plan and purpose for your life. God sees greatness in you that you don't see in yourself. And maybe there's somebody here today that you once did. But you took a left when you should have took a right. And you did the thing you never thought you would do. And you're sitting here today and you're in your shame and you're in your guilt and you feel there's no hope. Maybe I can go to heaven, but God can't use me. That's my story. For years, I was in church, loved God, all in. Didn't even know what that meant, but I was like, I was just listening to somebody to guide me. But then I found a season of my life where I got in the wrong friend group and just made some bad choices. It's nobody's fault but my own. But that season never fulfilled me. It was fun for a moment. Sin always is, (laughs) but it has an expiration date to where the fun's over, but the pain's there. The regret's there. The shame's there. and Today I wanna tell you that you can leave that place and God is really good at taking bad things and turning them into good things. God is really a specialist in taking broken things and mending them and healing them and somehow getting glory out of it and using you to give you a second, third, fourth, fifth chance, but you gotta stop doubting. Then the last one, you gotta start living. What does that even mean, start living? It's when a broken, messed up you becomes a redeemed purpose-filled you to where even while you're still healing, you don't wait till you reach this moment of perfection because you never will. That you say, even in my brokenness... God can use me. Even in my weakness, as I'm moving, I'm not where I used to be. I may not be where I'm going to be, but I'm in process. I'm on the journey. I'm surrounded with people who love me, who know where I'm going to miss it when I miss it, and help pick me up when I fall. Because the righteous aren't the perfect people. The Bible says the righteous are those who fall seven times, but they get back up. The righteous people are the get back up people that says, I may be down because of Jesus and because of resurrection. I'm not out and it's not over. Jesus still has more to my story than it's currently being written and that I'm currently experiencing. As I close today, I want to just say this to us. That Jesus is not here to make bad people good. Jesus is here to make dead people alive. And maybe you're a candidate for that today. And so I wanna end by circling back to this response card for just a moment. And I wanna ask you to fill it out for me. And I know you may have some reluctance and I know it's a trust factor, but I don't really know what to say other than trust me and to give you a promise that I'll make good on it. It's your choice, but I would ask you to extend that to me today. Nothing awkward is going to happen with your information. But I would ask you to fill out the top. Fill out the prayer request if you have one. Fill out the back. And then if you notice at the bottom of the back, there are four letters. And everyone in this room is one of these letters. So if you don't mark it, it doesn't mean you're not one. You are one. It's just will you identify where you are today? Let me tell you what these letters mean. A means... Pastor, I know I'm a work in progress, but I am already in a real, vibrant, life-giving, daily relationship with Jesus. That's A. If that's you today, we celebrate the fact you've made that decision, mark A. If you mark B, B is I'm I'm not, but I'm doing it now. Like right now in this moment, I'm, I'm gonna make that decision. I'm beginning that relationship that's vibrant and passionate and intimate and real with Jesus today, not based on having all the knowledge, but just based on knowing that's the starting point. I'm, st- I'm doing that today, that's B. I, r- I really like C, because it says, you know what? That's pretty convincing stuff you shared there out of the scripture, but I'm, I need to consider it a bit more first, that's okay. I, I, I always dreamed of us having a church where people could figure it out. They, they didn't have to come Knowing all the stuff and even just agreeing because everybody else is that they could sit and receive and maybe even heal from a past hurt for a season. And if that's you today, mark C. And then D is, it's just the reality if you have the confidence and guts to market. It, market it, baby. But D says, "I'm not, and I don't ever intend on doing it. I will make you a promise. We're going to pray for you. We love you too much to not pray for you. But I want you to take a few moments and mark that card. And when you're done, look look back up at me. Go for it. just very quietly keep working on that card but this is a big moment for a a lot of us we're we're making eternal decisions so be very reverent be very still in this moment allow people to take those steps of faith that they may be making and if you're marking B I want to lead you in a prayer today I I promised you I'd help you with some words but the power is not in my words the power is saying something heartfelt from your heart straight to God but if you don't know how to do that I want to help you So would you all bow your heads with me? If that's you today, you want to put your faith in Christ maybe for the first time. Maybe you've been around this mountain, but you want to do it again. And you you know in this moment, something's different. Say this, say, Jesus, thank you for Friday. Thank you for the cross, paying for my sin. Thank you for forgiving me, saving me, and healing me. I need you. Come live inside of me. Start the rebuilding process. Use me. Heal me. Change me. I surrender my life to you. Now say this. Today, I make you my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for setting me free. Thank you for giving me a future. It's in your name I pray. Everybody said amen. Amen. Can we give God praise together?